More discussion on what original Mormon polygamists originally taught. Next on Polygamy, what love is this? I came across an article recently, and it was entitled, 10 Quotes About Polygamy. The link on the screen and today's discussion was inspired by some information in the person's comments. And we want to present and comment and discuss these 10 quotes, particularly to point out deceptions, contradictions, and mythical beliefs of early Mormonism, some of which have been passed down even to today's <laughs> generations, and we probably believe them at yeah. some time ourselves. Yeah, certainly heard them and believed them. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even talked about them and, and passed them on. Mm-hmm. One question that the author asked is, why do those in the LDS Church continue to lie about the vulnerable and defenseless females that were forced and coerced into polygamous marriages. Why do they still lie about it? That's what he's asking. And there seems to have been no age barrier for victims. Whether or not she was already married made no difference in Mormon polygamy. If they were female, they were potential plural wives. Whether they were young girls, mature (laughs) single women, or women already married to other living men. One well-used myth is this. Yeah, this is from Mormon Curtin, as the link shows. When I was growing up in Mormonism, it was said many times by wise local sheep and flock herders that polygamy was practiced by a very few and that it was done in order to help the poor widows of the fine men who had been killed by mobsters. And when serving a mission, this was the pat answer I used to offer those who inquired. Okay, now obviously it's a former... LDS missionary, yeah, and that was the answer he gave. From the beginning, plural... Always, always felt like it was to help the poor widows, or the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, heard that a ton. Yeah. Lost the, yep, I heard that husbands. a lot myself. Um, of course, we knew different from the polygamy group. We knew... <laughs> We knew the truth. We knew the truth. (laughs) From the beginning, uh, plural marriage was known as the new and everlasting covenant. That's how Joseph Smith presented it and taught it. That's how it was revealed to him, he said. And all the priesthood men, the Mormon leaders, the men that they call apostles and the missionaries believed and taught that the hope of exaltation in the Mormon celestial kingdom required polygamy. He said, and I like this phrase, ignorance is bliss. Until curiosity comes along. Mm. (laughs) And I think I can apply that to some of my experience. Ignorance is bliss until curiosity comes along. This person was offended when he discovered the truth about Mormon polygamy and that the leaders of his religion had lied about the polygamy, and they still do. In fact, their polygamy history and the falsehoods that accompany it is one of the main reasons people leave the LDS Church. We quote... The sordid subject of multiple sexual partners of both pre-childbearing and childbearing ages mattered more to the Mormon cult's so-called prophets and seers than anything else. They even traveled across the American continent in order to practice their degenerate behavior undisturbed in darkness and in secrecy out here in the West. Yes, out here in the West where nobody else wanted to be. And if you read books like Tell It All by Fanny Stenhouse and Wife Number 19 yeah. uh, by Annalisa Young and read some of what they actually did, how they lived polygamy when they got here, you can see the truth in that statement. Mm. 
And then he quotes from men who acted and spoke as though they were God's mouthpieces, men who supposedly had personal and special witness of Jesus. He quotes from the Ensign, which is a, a official yeah. or was a official Mormon per periodical, and he quotes from other sources as well in this article. Of course, we also well, uh, use various sources, um, the historians and people who were there and done that and know what they're talking about. Now, we do this because we take our stand on what Jesus said. A bad root cannot produce good fruit. So the first quote in the list of 10 is by Gordon Hinckley and how he lied for the Lord on national TV in an interview with Larry King. Yeah, I about fell off my chair. Oh, did you? Uh -huh. <laughs> Gordon Hinckley, so-called prophet, seer, and revelator, and special witness of Jesus said, I condemn it, that is polygamy, yes, as a practice, because I think it is not doctrinal. Not doctrinal? I mean, is that when you fell off the chair? That was when I fell off the chair. <laughs> so was he a genuine prophet of God or not? If he, if he was, how could he such a lie like that come out of his mouth? Well, I think he later he explained, I didn't want to get into too, too deep a doctrine. So let's lie on, about on it. On the TV, so I just won't <laughs> say it quite like... Uh, we, we all know, as members of the church, we all know the truth. So. Prevaricating. Yeah. <laughs> Doctrine and Covenants section 132 is considered Mormon scripture. The context is clear that it's about polygamy. And so polygamy is doctrinal because it's in their doctrine and covenants. Do it or be damned, it says. Didn't the LDS church prophet know that? He didn't want to talk about it. No. Every Mormon president and prophet up to and including Heber J. Grant was a polygamist. And they all taught that God commanded it and that the eternity of every Mormon depended upon whether or not they accepted polygamy for salvation. Polygamy was and is doctrinal. The second quote is from a man who is held in high regard by faithful LDS and by polygamist, Utah's resident politician yeah. and prevaricator Mitt Romney. <laughs> During his run for president of the United States, he was interviewed on national TV by Mike Wallace, and he said this. I can't imagine anything more awful than polygamy. Mitt Romney would be president of the United States of America at, in his 60-minute interview. Okay. Now, when he said that he could not imagine anything more awful than polygamy, Romney was admitting that he can't think of anything worse than the marriage and sex habits of his God. Because mm. Mormon doctrine has God as a polygamist. That's true. And Romney's Mormon heaven is a place of eternal polygamy. So what was Romney thinking? Interesting, Romney's take on polygamy, his ancestors were polygamists and they all fled the, the United States to Mexico because of their polygamy. They no. didn't give it up. No. They wanted to still live it, so they went to Mexico. Yeah. Of course, no one's responsible for the ancestors' choices and neither is Mitt Romney. What he is responsible for is that he admits that he embraces the faith of his forefathers, which he explained in a speech, and I heard this one with my own ears. Mm-hmm. These were the same values and commitments that animated my grandfather and my father and my mother. They were the same values that were passed along to me. I believe in my Mormon faith and I endeavor to live by it. My faith is the faith of my fathers. I will be true to them and to my beliefs. So exactly <laughs> what are those values that he says he clings to and believes in? The faith of Romney's forefathers included polygamy. Oh, 
several years ago in an interview, he was asked that if he became president and if God or the LDS prophet told him to do something that went against our nation's laws, what would he do? Romney said he didn't think God has spoken to any man since he spoke to Moses. I thought that was a strange. Oh, I thought it was very strange. <laughs> now, that raises a lot of red flags, don't you think? Yeah. He, he made a dishonest statement because he believes in Mormonism. Doesn't sure. he believe in Joseph Smith? And his visions. And his yeah, visions and his true. conversations with God. Yeah. That's why red flags are raised, because they prevaricate. The link on the screen takes you to the place where he had that interview. And when asked the question in another view, interview about how much influence the LDS Church would have over him if he was president, Romney said this. Let me assure you that no authorities of my church, or any of any other church for that matter, will ever exert influence on presidential decisions. Their authority is theirs within the province of church affairs, and it ends where the affairs of the nation begin. I wish that were true in Utah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, he said that, but the LDS church and polygamists follow in the same philosophy that their prophet has the final say in every aspect of life, not just religion. We quote, the president of the church is recognized as the only person through whom divine communication will come as law and doctrine to the religious body. That such revelation may come at any time upon any subject, spiritual or temporal, as God wills. And finally, that in the mind of every faithful Latter-day Saint, such revelation in whatsoever it counsels, advises, or demands is paramount. Whoa. Joseph F. Smith. There you go. Yes, now, he was a prophet, wasn't he? He sure was. Okay. We also have a more recent <laughs> quote for those who would like that. <laughs> as, the prophet, as the prophet, he is Heavenly Father's mouthpiece on earth. Heavenly Father speaks through him. No one else can speak on his behalf. He has been designated by Heavenly Father to receive inspiration and revelation at this time for the earth and all its inhabitants. For the earth and all its inhabitants. <laughs> covers pretty much everybody. So Romney it? lied when he said that it stops, their, yeah. what, their influence stops at the church yeah. and doesn't go into anything else. Yeah, again, he's not saying it. He's not saying all that he really believes there. That's right. Yeah. So whether they're Mormon or not, the prophet speaks for them. Yeah. And, and Warren Jeffs knew that when he printed his great big thick book of, mm. of his revelations. He believed exactly that same thing, and he yeah. mailed it to world leaders. Yeah. All over the world. Romney knows this. Of course he does. And we can only conclude that Mormon and polygamous leaders do not fear or respect Almighty God who said, Thou shalt not bear false witness. The third of the ten quotes is from the Millennial Star, an early Mormon publication. The one-wife system not only degenerates the human family, both physically and intellectually, but it is entirely incompatible with philosophical notions of immorality. It is a lure to temptation and has always proved a curse to a people. Well, this is the monogamy that God established, and look what they're saying about that. <laughs> Degenerates the human family. <laughs> yeah, intellectually too, yeah, you know. Yeah. Now, he wondered, I thought this was kind of an interesting statement, that if George, that George Orwell maybe had yeah. read some of, <laughs> some of the writings of the Mormons at that time, and if he had studied Mormon techniques and was subsequently inspired about doublespeak, hmm. because that's what it is. 
the definition of doublespeak is, quote, language used to deceive, usually through concealment or misrepresentation of truth. Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Another dictionary said that doublespeak pretends to communicate, but actually does not communicate. Warren Jeffs got heavily into doublespeak. He set up a special training for some of his pearl wives. He invented a method of a new language where they would say one thing or use a particular phrase or terminology, but they meant something completely different than the traditional meaning or definition. Hmm. As a result, some escapees suffered severe uh, post-traumatic stress disorder because their minds were harmed by the contradictions the new language required them to accept. And they lived in a double-speak world in doing that. That's crazy. I know one who went through terrible, terrible after she left, hmm. trying, to, trying to get her life straight or thinking straight after she'd gone through their training. Early Mormonism used double-speak to hide their polygamy. Here's an example. You know, this is from George D. Smith's Nauvoo uh, Polygamy, page 84. Some of the codes pioneer Mormon polygamists used when speaking of plural marriage was, in all things, many glorious things of the kingdom of God, or the blessings, privileges and blessings of the priesthood, etc. These were coded terms for celestial marriage, confirming that Smith was beginning to unfold the privilege of more wives to his closest colleagues. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, celestial marriage, by the way, is a code word for polygamy, um, as uh, is plural marriage and the principle. And what, the new and everlasting New covenant. and everlasting covenant. It's yeah. all code words for polygamy. Boy. Okay, we have a fourth quote. Yes. Now, where a man in this church says, I don't want but one wife, I will live my religion with one, he will perhaps be saved in the celestial kingdom, but when he gets there, he will not find himself in possession of any wife at all. It, the talent of one wife, will be taken and given to those who have improved the talents they received. And he will find himself without any wife, and he will remain single forever and ever. Dear Brigham Young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's in the Desert News. Desert News published that. And I'm sure it's in the Journal of Discourses, too. I've read it in several different places. And he's talking about basically the talents Jesus talked about. The, the right? parable of the, the talents meant ten. wives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like the ten virgins meant wives. Oh, you know, they they yeah. really make things difficult. Now, this is interesting because the writer goes back to what Mitt Romney said in response to this statement. If Romney was telling the truth about his views on polygamy... According to his own church, Romney's wife will be given to another man in Mormon heaven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's Mormon doctrine, not ours. We just put it together yeah, as they're Brigham putting Young it said, out. Yeah. Now, keep the last quote in mind that they're going to give these monogamous men's wives to polygamous men. Okay, remember that as we go through this next quote. Yeah, this is uh, from the youth and church. Marriage is not performed in the heavens in the hereafter. Harold B. Lee, so-called prophet, soon revelator. Right. Okay, another prophet, right? Yeah, not performed in the heavens in the hereafter. So he contradicted Brigham Young, Yeah, didn't he? he sure did. If in Mormon heaven a wife is taken from a monogamous man and given to a polygamous man, then, then they're given in heaven. 
Because that's when this happens. It happens in the next life. After, after this life. That's yeah. a marriage performed in the hereafter. When Mormon, or maybe they just shack up in the hereafter. Who, who, how do they do that? When Mormon apologists are faced with Jesus' statement that there are no marriages after this life, they explain that that's why eternal marriages have to take place here, because there are no marriages there. You've got to take care of it while you're here. But according to Brigham Young and reported by the Mormon on Deseret News, plural marriages will take place after death when men, women are taken away from unworthy Mormon men and given in plural marriage to worthy men who achieved exaltation. But Jesus said that after this life, they wouldn't even be given in marriage. Right? Yeah, that's what he said. Jesus teaches one thing. Mormonism teaches something else. And they dare to say his name is in their church. And Mormon prophets contradict each other. We don't have to wonder why there's so much mental illness in Utah. <laughs> Another quote where mental gymnastics are required is this. <clears throat> Thou shalt love thy wife with all thy heart and shalt cleave unto her and none else, none other than Joseph Smith, <laughs> so-called prophets here in Revelation. That's what he said. That's yeah. what he said. And yet he said when he was in his marriage ceremonies that he would cleave to the woman he was marrying and to none else in the ceremony. And yet he had 34 every, every wives. Every time. Huh? Every time. Oh, yeah, boy. every time. Strangely, the Mormon plural marriage ceremony included the promise of faithfulness to each other and to none else. And yet sometimes a man would marry three or more women in the same day <laughs> and take the wedding vow in the same, the same wedding vow in each marriage. Doesn't make sense. The seventh quote that the inquiring minds question is this. <laughs> Yeah, inasmuch as this Church of Christ has been reproached with the crime of fornication and polygamy, we declare that we believe that one man should have one wife and one woman, but one husband. Okay. Section 101. And that's interesting because that's almost a quote from 1 Corinthians 7, 2. And, but it's also very strange because while they're preaching sexual purity, Joseph Smith and other men were on the lookout for more and more wives while they were putting together their secret harems. It didn't seem to matter if the next addition to their harem was a young girl, an old woman, a cousin, a stepsister, a foster daughter, or even another married woman. If they, if they laid claim to her, they always used the words, God said so. And that took care of it. That took care of it. Eighth quote. Eighth quote. If plural marriage is not true, or in other words, if a man has no divine right to marry two wives or more in this world, then marriage for eternity is not true, and your faith is all in vain. And all the sealing ordinances and powers pertaining to marriages for eternity are vain, worthless, good for nothing. For as sure as one is true, the other must also be true. Orson Pratt, also a so-called prophet, here in Revelator, okay. from the Journal of Discourses. And we quoted this from the seer when we did Orson Pratt a few weeks ago. We yeah. quoted this, but, but it's uh, an interesting quote to bring up again uh, for this topic. Because he said, if polygamy is false, eternal marriage must also be false. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that is true. <laughs> this and dozens of other contradictory teachings is proof that Mormonism is false and their claims of righteous polygamy is an evil doctrine. That leads people from the truth to trusting a lie for their eternal life. The ninth quote. Yeah, from the Millennial Star. The doctrine of polygamy with the Mormons is not one of that kind that in the religious world is classed with non-essentials. 
It is not an item of doctrine that can be yielded, and faith in the system of polygamy remains. That's an interesting way of saying what he's saying. Well, it is. Let me read it again. Okay. The doctrine of polygamy with the Mormons is not one of that kind that in the religious world is classed with non-essentials. It is not an item of doctrine that can be yielded, and faith in the system of polygamy remains. In other words, you have to do it. You have to do it. It is a must. It yeah. is an essential. It, is, it can't be yielded. Right. <laughs> and that was in 1865. Yeah. And that was a Mormon publication. <laughs> yes, right? it was. All the LDS prophets and counselors and apostles were preaching and teaching polygamy as an absolute essential for Mormon celestial glory. There was no turning back, no monogamy that was acceptable. Polygamy was the order of heaven. Section 132 warned, live it or be damned, as did Brigham Young and several others. They denied that polygamy would ever be given up or yielded or that they would yield to any laws against polygamy. After all, they do believe that God was a polygamist and so was his father and his father before him and so on back through eternity. Yeah. Jesus had been a polygamist while he was here on earth and he currently has polygamist wives and goddesses in heaven. Yet the LDS church did give up polygamy. They did yield to the laws of the land. They renounced it for the present time, but they haven't rejected polygamy. No. It's still in their scriptures and it's still in their future. They never, and, and this is sad too because they should do this, they have never admitted to all the lies and all the deceits that's come from their church, from the mouths of their prophets. No. They've never apologized for their doctrine uh, that has hurt so much and caused so much pain and poverty and loneliness and agony and abandonment that polygamy, Mormon polygamy has caused and so, so many, many women have written about that and what, what they've gone through. And yes. so many that didn't write about it right. still have experienced such... Uh, right. There's always the, the short percentage that talk about it, which means that there's a huge percentage that went really through the same things and didn't talk about yeah. it. So as we discuss the next and the final quote, remember that then and now, Mormonism has always placed their authority and faith in their prophets. And this is what Prophet Brigham Young said. The only men who become gods, even the sons of God, are those who enter into polygamy. Okay, now he was a prophet. This isn't an opinion. This is a statement as a prophet. Yep. And Mitt Romney said he thinks polygamy is horrible. <laughs> and Gordon Hinckley said polygamy isn't even doctrinal. And yet their present leader, Nelson, has been sealed to two women, so he will be a polygamist in the next life, he thinks. It's a myth, of course, he won't be, but he thinks he will yeah. be. So they still do believe in polygamy. Part of the sealing ceremony for polygamous marriages, and from what I understand remains part of the ceremony in their monogamous marriages, is the statement, or something very close to this next one, which is from Annie Lise's book that describes early Mormon polygamy. Yeah, this is very similar. And I seal upon you the blessings of the Holy Resurrection with power to come forth in the morning of the first resurrection, clothed with glory, immortality, and everlasting lives. And I seal upon you the blessings of thrones and dominions and principalities and powers and exaltations, together with the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, there's so much wrong with this. <laughs> so much wrong. 
with this blessing, priesthood blessing that's given to couples that are getting married. Humans actually have no authority to seal the blessing of being resurrected. No. That, that comes only through Jesus Christ, who himself was the first person resurrected. Secondly, everlasting lives is referring to having children for eternity. That's what that means. But Jesus said, that doesn't happen. Next, the phrase principalities and powers is referring to powerful spiritual rulers of demonic origins. Yeah, from Ephesians 6.12, it yeah. says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, there's other places in the New Testament that refer to demonic principalities and powers. And marriage ceremonies in Mormonism did and do include the sealing of these demonic powers onto people. That is just, I I don't think they realize, they can't realize it. I certainly didn't. And this isn't anything to take lightly, by the way. Children born under the Mormon covenant, which is a phrase that's used in Mormonism, are children born to parents who have been sealed under the mantra of demonic principalities and powers. That's serious stuff. And then the marriage ceremony finishes with the promise of the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And of course, this is the blessing of having multiple wives and grundles of kids. (laughs) Of course, Isaac wasn't a polygamist, but that doesn't stop them from saying he was. But the blessing that was promised to Abraham is the promise given in Genesis 12, and God reaffirmed that promise to Abraham's son Isaac and grandson Jacob and to the nation of Israel, and that promise isn't polygamy. Read it for yourself. Yeah, in Genesis 12, verses 2 and 3, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples of on the earth will be blessed through you. <laughs> so the blessing that came with this promise that the Mormons use as polygamy through the line came, comes through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was Jesus Christ. Just read his genealogy. <laughs> the one who came to die for the sins of the world. That's how this world is blessed. The promise is all about Jesus and nothing about polygamy. So again, Mormonism and Mormon polygamy cannot stand up under the scrutiny of valid questions and biblical revelation. Kind of shocking, isn't it, when you really put it all together like this, you know? I mean, we deal with different things, the temple and the and the polygamy itself, I was so proud to be a polygam, you know, coming from a polygamous family. Yeah. Uh, from a third wife is what we came from. and But it's all separated. When you put it all together in their quotes, it's mm-hmm. pretty pretty mm-hmm. scary. It, it is. It's, it shocking. is. And, and, you know, we just pray. Uh, we do pray for our viewers that, that God will open up their eyes to see these yeah. things and be able to recognize them. Thanks, Earl. Appreciate it. You know, it seems that through the ages, one thing that always fascinates humanity is to discover the future. Different ways to determine the future have been devised using cards and tea leaves and astrology, mediums, fortune tellers of all kinds, and 
false prophets. God has given us instructions not to turn to prognosticators, that he alone knows the future. In fact, one of his tests for a false prophet is that if something he prophesies doesn't come true, pay no attention to him. He's a false prophet. Well, Joseph Smith and many others in Mormonism have made predictions that failed miserably but people still pay attention to them and ignore God's warnings about them. It makes no sense. The Bible tells us that Jesus alone is our prophet. He's our only priest and our king. We must listen to him and to no one else. And you can listen to him by reading the Bible. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.